Hey family, I'm Coach Cass. Welcome to The Hub. Right, I have my good friends here, Yana and Ayuse Maat, the founders of Black Love and Marriage. Oh, how y'all doing, guys? Good. We're doing good. <laughs> We're doing real good. <laughs> <laughs> so we recently did an interview that I wanted to share with you as our listeners. So I want you to go ahead and tune in because this sucker is welcome 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 ladies so excited that you guys have decided to join us here tonight for a very rich conversation with two individuals that I have so much respect for so on one hand we have my biz bestie Iyana herself right and then we have her husband Ayize and together they have created something called the Ma'at method where they help couples mm, mm, mm go from scraggly <laughs> to successful, right? And that could mean a, 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 a bountiful amount of things. But one thing I could tell you is that they are both trained, licensed psychotherapists. Like say, what? Like, yes, they they both have all the degrees and have all of the experiences in, in helping people through their stuff. Has anybody here ever been through some stuff before? Drop a me as you're coming in. Drop a me. Have you ever been through some stuff before? Now, I know that you might happily love your husband or maybe your husband is sitting next to you or maybe he's not. But one thing I really want to know is have you been through some stuff? And one thing I know is with marriage, you might be good today, but tomorrow it might be a different story. So I would like to welcome to the stage, the Maats. Hey, hey, hey. what's going on, sis? Yes. So happy to be here with you. I'm so ready to get into it. Yes, indeed. Oh. I'm excited as well. Are you? Okay. So just in case y'all don't know, hey, I'm Coach Kaz, America's go-to love doctor. I specifically work with successful single women that have everything but a man. And I specifically wanted to have a marriage conversation tonight because at the end of the day, the single lady needs somewhere to go once they get married, right? And I've had this group of 600 married women for a while that I've been meaning to pour into. You, you ever started something and you've been meaning to do something and I feel pretty guilty. So I just want to <laughs> say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm so sorry, right? I am so sorry. Oh, here's one of my brides right now that that's coming in the room. All right, there we go. <laughs> so, you know, one of the reasons why we thought it'd be appropriate in having this conversation is specifically one of my brides that just entered the room. She said, you know, Coach Cass, I love single folk, but uh, I don't want to hang out with single folk. Ain't that right, Vina? <laughs> 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. So tonight, um, really what we're talking about, we got a lot that we we have going on, right? And I brought Iana and Ayize here because they specifically specifically have an organization where they support married couples in their journey. So, you know, before we get into QA and the deep dive questions, I really want to hear from 
what brought you to the work that you do? Because I know several married couples are here and they've never heard of what you have going on. They have no idea that this something like this even exists outside of like marriage ministries, right? And with yeah. marriage ministries, they're beautiful, but they don't necessarily dive as deep as y'all do. So while everybody's here, I'd love for you to share. Yeah. So again, um, Coach Cass, we really appreciate you taking the time to um, have us come on to your platform. And and as you already mentioned, um, we are Ayize and Iyana. My, this is my name is Ayize. This is my lovely, incredible, and beautiful wife Iyana. Um, and so we've been doing this work together for the past thirteen years. Um, we have over thirty years of combined experience in this space and um, in the mental health profession. And so when it comes to specifically working with couples, I will say that our journey started from a place of us having some issues in our relationship. Yes. And so, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, we lifted up that we lift up often is that we started in the church. Um, you know, one day we went to a, um, a program and one of the things that was mentioned during the program was like, you know, go downstairs in the fellowship hall after church. Is anybody familiar with that? Like go downstairs in the fellowship hall and um, <laughs> engage with the folks. But downstairs there was a program that was taking place where um, two individuals were going to be teaching some lessons around marriage. And so when I, I mean, I was reluctant when, I was like, Come on, let's when go the downstairs. plea was made to go downstairs. I'm like, okay, is there going to be food downstairs? That was my question. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I was reluctant and hesitant. And what was interesting is that my wife, she lifts up that one of the primary reasons was that she was trying to get me fixed. Yeah, and, and, you know, in doing the work that we do, I hear a lot of men speak to the fact that their wives are trying to get them fixed. And so as you can imagine, as a dude, I'm like irritated by that. Like you always got all of these issues with me. I'm not, I don't have as many, I don't have a list of issues with you. I'm just going about my day and doing my thing. But if you really want me to go downstairs, I'll go downstairs. And so again, I went downstairs and you know, you learned some things in that process. Yourself. I did. I did. I mean, long story short, the couple, um, and they weren't a married couple, actually, they were actually leading um, the class together. Um, and they are mentors of ours. They taught a class called marriage uh, boot camp or yeah. basic mm -hmm. training for couples. And we went to these classes for like eight to 10 weeks. We went through one round and then cast at the end. I was like, oh, it's over. Can we do it one more time? You know, it became <laughs> the ritual. Like they were like, okay, you can go through it again. We went through it again and then it was over. And, you know, we were like, there's something about this, right? Being in proximity to other couples, um, to being able to talk about stuff that you're dealing with. And we didn't want to stop. And so uh, one of the leaders said, do you all want to be a mentor couple? We were like, whatever that is, yes, that sounds good. Sign us up. And so that really started us on our path. We did not know that um, years later that we would then move into um, after doing that, teaching the classes and then developing our own classes and um, going on YouTube and answering questions and then developing an organization. And people said, well, do y'all work with people? And we're like, well, I guess we can. We guess we do. And and so now today we have um, uh, the number one uh, group coaching community for uh, married couples and individuals who are really focused on doing their personal work and their relationship work. We have um, 200 plus members that really come together every month. There are classes going on, support groups, sister circles, men's lounge, um, local meetups, annual retreat, annual conference. And so it's this group of like-minded yeah. folks coming together struggling with 
things. We Nobody coming in there is got it all together. So folks are dealing with overcoming sex and intimacy issues, sexless marriages, uh, overcoming infidelity, roommate marriage, empty nester uh, stuff going on, and newlyweds and, 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 and really kind of having a breakdown about how we do this thing. So it runs the gamut. But um, what I will say is that I never saw it. God just said, that's what it's going to be. You, this is your purpose. And I was like, what? I don't know about this, uh, but here we are. And that was a long answer to your question, but that's a little bit about who we are <laughs> and what we do. Obviously we're therapists and coaches. We work with folks one-on-one, -on -one, but the, the majority of our work has really evolved into this community and this collective of folks doing their personal work and their relationship work. Yeah. So I just love this. And y'all, you could start dropping any questions that you have. Are any questions off off limits, guys. Nothing off limits. We're very guys. transparent. <laughs> very. All right. So I, for the for the women in the room, I know that's never a problem. For the men in the room, I'm gonna say, you know, try try and ask a question. I'd love I'd love for some of the men to think of some questions. You know, and and don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna make it a safe space, right? Let's go ahead and make this a safe space. This is not a place where we're throwing each other under the bus. I don't want anyone here to feel like they're thrown under the bus. What this is, is an authentic, open conversation about what happens beyond I do. Because some of us, you know, no matter your age, have this made up thought, right? So I'll ask this question to y'all to start off, right? So we have this made up thought of what we thought marriage would have been. Or maybe while we were dating, it was one way, but then in marriage, it's a different way. So how do we how do we do that transition you know from this fantasy or fairy tale in our mind or feeling like we got duped to really be able to be in a space of accepting the person that we're with and working with what we got you know and not feeling sad or bad about it what what what, what would y'all say to that mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so so you know one of the things that we lift up is that relationship work is personal work and so we stand on that simply because when you enter into um, a marriage, uh, you have to recognize that the person that that you um, chose to say I do to um, isn't going to be the same person that you choose to continue saying I do to years later. We all change. Um, and so in that process of change and in that process of evolution, we got to pay attention to the fact that we have to prioritize doing our individual work so that we bring our best selves to the relationship. And so we see that, you know, as we get older, there's things that work better, don't work the same, don't work at all, that um, shifts and adjustments need to be made. And as our personalities or energies change when we show up in the relationship, then um, we have to learn to be flexible and learn how to work with our partner instead of just trying to make these assumptions that they're going to be static. The wife that you married is always going to want to make love to you in a way in which she used to make love to you. The way that you all used to communicate is always going to work. No, it shifts and changes yeah. based off of your life experiences. So you got to do your work. Yeah. If I can just add to that, uh, Coach Cass, one of the things that we work with uh, folks on when they first come into our community is um, really checking their mindset. Because what we found, at least I know it for me in my own relationship, um, is that when my mind is right, when my orientation is right, like I can still go back. My middle name is Key, and people who really know me from back in the day when I was little call me Kiki. So I can go back to being Kiki, you know, but I know how to bring it on back. And, and what I mean by that is our mindset oftentimes is that we're going to our relationships. Even if we say something different, our expectations and our vibration is like, I'm going to get. 
I'm going to to be given something versus being a giver and understanding that I'm supposed to be growing, that there's something that's in this that's supposed to stretch me in some way, even if I don't want it to. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that I can't be happy and that I can't find joy, but my happiness can't reside in the marriage. I've got to actually always start with, so what could I have done differently? Well, what else in this is uh, supposed to be growing me? Um, is there something that I'm not seeing about myself? You know what I mean? We got to start with that orientation. And when we start there and focus on ourselves, one of the things that I say all the time, that it still fascinates me to this day because I see it in my own relationship cast, and I know you see it in yours, is that when I focus on myself and I focus on like, Whatever it is, I need to be more patient. I could have said that different. I need to get my circle back game on and come back around to him and be like, you know what? I should have done that differently. Whatever it is, when I lead by figuring out where I can own something, even if he, I'm pretty clear, he's 95% wrong and I'm 5%, you know, he's 95% wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm really right. Even if I'm leading in that, then when I do that, I, tr I change the energy. I change the, 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 the dynamic in the relationship and I soften the, the, the ground. And I'm, you know, I'm a Leo. I don't want to change. I don't want to be soft. I want to be hard. But God has always been working with me on that, on that anyway. So having that orientation that like, what, what, is, what, what am I supposed to be working on? And what, what is it that my partner uniquely challenges me around? Kind of agitates me, but agitates me to grow. Um, you know, like when we have that orientation, I think it makes things easier. Not easy. But <laughs> <easier>. <laughs> Uniquely challenges. I feel like there's many unique challenges, right? Gottman says that there's perpetual problems yes. in people's relationships. And I feel that in terms of the women that I attract in terms of my tribe, it's, it's a lot of, you know, women that have goals, you know, like driven women, we got stuff to do. And I feel like as men, y'all are still attracted to that. But then a part of society says, right, that we're supposed to be this soft flower mm -hmm. and this flower is supposed to bloom. And it's kind of, it feels like you're supposed to be a butterfly just flitting around. And for many women, it feels like I, I don't act like that. You know, like, what is that? I don't even know. So, <laughs> so when, it, when it comes to having, I use a, a woman that that you know she go hard in the paint she just said it right so yeah. how do you deal with that as a man that is seeking this soft butterfly or i won't even put that in your words but you know like mm -hmm. how do you deal with that dynamic because a lot of instagram now says you know the soft life you know yeah. you <laughs> be soft you gotta be mushy and it's like but i got a to-do list and things mm -hmm. to do so how do you deal with that dynamic in the woman sitting next to you and what would you say to some of the folks that are here men and women yeah mm -hmm. so, so you know what i would say to the women is that um you know just recognize that that a part of you consists of both the masculine and the feminine um and so you're multi-dimensional and and i do think that a lot of women are bosses and i respect that i appreciate that and i applaud that um, and at the same time, too, you're my bae, you're my boo. And so you have the capacity to stretch beyond just what you exhibit in the boardroom. Um, and you have the ability to expand um, and show up differently in the bedroom. And so, again, I think that it's about embracing um, the multifaceted aspects of who you are and seeing that you're more than just what you do. Um, we want to love you and accept you and appreciate you for just who you are. And so what I encourage the women who are in my space and in my sphere to, to really um, embrace is that, yo, embrace all of you. Mm. You're not just a mom. You're not just a wife. Um, you're not just a boss. You're more than that. And so when I see that, 
what that does is it sparks a certain level of curiosity inside of me and it piques that that curiosity in and of itself it increases the intimacy in a relationship and so again the challenge and the charge to women is to embrace but also to show all of you um but it's our response uh, responsibility as men to create that safe space so that you feel comfortable doing that and so with men i encourage men to accept your woman accept your woman like if she has certain strong suits don't downplay, don't, um, you know, chide her or, or attempt to make her feel bad if um, she is a CEO, if she is a CFO, if she is a boss, like celebrate that and applaud that. I mean, accept that strength that she has. Um, but also too, what you want to make sure that you're doing is applauding and amplifying and celebrating those other areas of her, those other parts of her. Because again, when you do that, you get more of it. And so I think that we as men sometimes have a hard time appreciating the completeness of a woman. And um, we think that you know, because they show up in a certain way, that's the only way that they can show up. And no, that's not the case. Like, that's not the case. And so men, we got to do a better job at accepting, accepting all of who our women are and um, applauding them and encouraging that softness, that sensitivity, um, and, and, and making it safe for them to be that way and to show up that way. And again, it's not a bad thing. The other piece is good too. It benefits me, it benefits us, but you got to make sure that, that you're um, making room to celebrate all aspects of of the woman and, and vice versa too. Like I want the same thing. You know, I want my wife to encourage me, celebrate me and accept me for who I am in my completeness. All right. So if y'all are just tuning in, we're having open and honest, raw conversations with the Ma'ats. They've created the Ma'at Method, an amazing community as well that supports couples in their couplehood, right? As married folk, we need support, right? So I do the single ladies and these two, they do the married folk, okay? So if you married in the chat, I know some singles kind of snuck in here, no problem, right? But if you are married and in the chat, I will definitely say, start dropping some of your real deal Holyfield questions. They are both licensed psychotherapists. They know what they're talking about. Did I take, is it five kids? Is it five of them y'all got? Okay. Wow. Five, yeah, five from seven to mm-hmm. 21. Okay. So they have been through it. All right. <laughs> and, um, no Feel question is off limits. I do have some uh, special questions that are coming in direct message. So I will get to those, but I just wanted to hear from Iana really quick. So as you, you said the word hard as someone who is driven, who is hard, who's, you know, I do this. How do you work on becoming soft? Or what do you feel like your husband does for you? Because y'all got a lot of soft videos on the internet that I say you need an OnlyFans, you know, because y'all just sexy for me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Hallelujah. It gets steamy and hot. So according to the internet, y'all ain't got no problem with the spice and the spark. So so, so how do you get in that place, right? When you have soft things to do. Like I want tactical stuff. Like for my married women who always got something to do, how do you shut that off to get to this soft place? And then what does your husband do? Like, do y'all have like a a system, a routine? Like, does he touch you on your kneecap? And then you're like, Ooh, soft. (laughs) Switch. Come on, talk to us. (laughs) Girl, you are hilarious. So look, so, so there's a couple of things, right? I want to say this, there's, there's two parts. There's my part, right. In terms of how I want to be, um, who I want to be, and and really wanting to be like fully express all of me, which is what my husband talked about. And so, one of the things that I always say um, to women is that just because it don't feel good doesn't mean it ain't good for you. 
Mm-hmm. And, and we have to practice. We have to practice being soft. We have to practice being humble. We have to practice. I, let me not say we, I, I've had to practice being soft. I've had to practice being humble. I've had to practice using less words. I've had to practice managing the intensity of my energy. I've had to practice stepping back and making room for my husband. You know what I'm saying? Like it's practice and really any and everything that we're doing on a day-to-day basis in our relationships, really intimate relationships or otherwise, we're, we're, we're perfecting that. If we generally don't listen, we're just getting better and better at that. If we generally dismiss people, then we're just perfecting our ability to do that. So I've had to practice, but it has not always felt good. Now we're in a place where it's like butter, like you said, we got them soft videos and like it's like butter, right? But I had to get into that place through practice and being awkward and uncomfortable. And I think a lot of times we don't talk about that part. Like if you weren't raised perhaps, um, well, let me just share this about my own mother. And I can share this transparently, love my mother, but my mom is a boss. She got two doctorates and a whole practice and sees 25 million people a day. She's also a therapist and a pastor and she'd be out in the streets doing this and that, right? She's an achiever. She's been a great model for me in that way. But one point in my life, I had to go to my mom, Cass, and say, it was like, it was in my forties. I'm still in my forties, but earlier. Uh, (laughs) And I had to say, you know, I, I had a, I had an awareness like, I don't think that you were really like emotionally available for me all the time. And and I know that you weren't always like physically available. Like my mom was around, but she was working a lot, going to school, doing this, doing that, you know, being a pastor is essentially being an entrepreneur. So she was doing that with my dad. And so I had this awareness, like, I don't think you're emotionally available. And so she said, you're right. Right. Like she, she has her own history. She's been honest about that and courageous enough to own that with me. So then I recognized like, so then if my mom wasn't emotionally available with me and my mom and I were together on our own for a while until she got remarried to my dad, um, then there's some level of like unavailability that I have with my, with my, with my boyfriend, when we were together as boyfriend and girlfriend, with my husband, even with my kids at times. And I really recognize like, I have to like, I don't want to be that way. I want to be connected. I do want to be connected. And that meant for me that I had to be willing to be uncomfortable because it was not familiar territory to, for me. Like it's familiar for me to kind of intellectualize yeah. what's happening and to break it down and to explain, but not to go to my heart space, but mm-hmm. I practiced. So I just want to like anybody who's listening now on the replay, like release you to being like, this feels weird, but that doesn't mean it's not good. And so for me, that's been like the number one thing for me. It's just to practice it in all of my relationships, like being open um, little by little, you know what I'm saying? Little by little, cause I, I, I you know, I can't live it hundred percent of the time cause that would overwhelm the hell out of me. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, really trying to do that in my relationship, that's been helpful. The second thing I want to say, I know I'm amplifying, I'm taking a long time, but I just want to say this really quickly. My husband is a model for me. And this Mm. is what we can do in our relationships. We can pay attention to where our partners model for us. My husband has always been, I remember, I'm sorry, I keep thinking about these stories, but I remember back in the day, my older sister said, "Um, Meg, when I used to be like talking to you or you'd be talking to him, you know, he just really be paying attention. He'd be like, be looking at you like he's present. Like he's always had that. He's Pisces, you know, if anybody that matters to, right? I'm a Leo. He's Pisces, right? And so he's able to be present. He's able to like hold space. He's able to like intuitively kind of know what's needed. 
And so I learned so much from him, Cass, and he's been able to like show up for me in ways that I didn't even know he was showing up for me to give me permission. Um, and you know, and so I think that that, uh, and, and he grew into that. We, we high school sweethearts. So we was young, we got together. We didn't know what we were doing, but you know, he grew into that part of himself. I grew as well into who I am today, but I think recognizing what he does well, and then my telling him, I like when you do that, mm-hmm. like that's helpful for me, uh, or that's not helpful for me. You know, I, I very, very much do that on a regular basis and he does that too. And so that kind of emotional safety again, has to be practiced, mm. um, uncomfortable and all. Are y'all, are y'all catching this? I want you to start dropping some notes and some ahas in the chat. So we know that you are getting what these two are throwing, right? You have to create emotional safety. You have to practice it. And just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's not good. Did y'all, did y'all catch some of that? And I didn't even, I'm not even typing my notes. This is just off of me remembering, right? So try and here's the thing before the end of this, we're going to share with you their opportunity so that you could get help ongoing because at the end of the day, you being here, for this short amount of time trying to remember everything it just ain't gonna work out right let's just <laughs> let's just be clear right how often do we go to church every sunday and we still ain't got it right right so <laughs> or synagogue or mosque or wherever y'all go right so here's the thing now there's some folks that dropped some questions in the chat right and so if you're just joining in this is a candid conversation with uh, iana and ayize maat they have um started an amazing organization for how long how many years has it been now 13, Mm -hmm. 13 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. 13 years. And they also have a private practice in which they are psychotherapists, therapizing and helping married folk, but they do something really, really special that I haven't seen anybody else do. Now, Iana is someone that I've been walking with the last year and change as biz besties. We talk all the time. She has five children. Well, not she, they, but you know, she had them, had them. (laughs) they was together right and um i just appreciate the way that they vibe right there's something about um something that i have heard in my life is when i go to conferences or when people come to my events they say wow coach cast like you actually live what you teach you know like there's something there's something about that because sometimes you see folks on the internet over there and you really wonder to yourself, is this all a show? Is right. this for real? Do they really like each other or do they just press play? Now, mind you, sometimes they do press play probably and don't like each other and they just do the video. But, <laughs> you know, there's other times where it's like, for real, for real. Look, we're real people, right? <laughs> so at the end of the day, we no question is off limits, right? So we have from single, engaged to married. Um, they mainly work with the folks who are married. But I'm going to tell you right now, we got some good questions in the chat. So I'm going to start it off. Um with this one, what is your definition of a wife submitting to her husband? Now, you know, that's that's right on track with what we're talking about. All right. Whoever want to take that, go on ahead. And I like you how you did your glasses like that. That's a touchy one. You know, with my single ladies, it's, I, it's like submission is like a cuss word. Like, yes, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why, that's why I'm going to fall back and let you answer You can answer that one day. Right, right. So, so look, I think this piece is important. Um, again, let me, let me just start where I'm, let me start right here and just jolt you for a second. Submission is sexy. Submission is important. I know, and, and I, I tell you, I'm a Leo, right? So, you know, okay. I'm I, so work with me here, but submission is sexy. Submission is important because, because here's the piece. There are times when I need to submit to what my husband is asking, what he is saying, how he is directing. There are times when he needs to submit 
to what I'm asking, what I'm directing, and what I am saying. The way that we live our lives is that we submit one to another, and then we together submit to God. But there are places that I lead, and there are places that he leads. I'm not going to get into theology in terms of what people think about what God says. That's your own personal um, kind of process, right? And I want to respect that. But I, I can tell you as a therapist, as a clinician, as a coach, that I have not seen in any important relationship where submission and where respect and we're humbling yourself and we're following the direction of someone else and we're learning how to lead because you can follow, we're being able to prioritize somebody's skill set and somebody's feelings, we're being focused on connection and the relationship over being right has ever failed anybody. Mm -hmm. I just haven't seen that. And so mm -hmm. submission is about more than do what I say. It's about being able to know that you're partnered with someone whether, again, I sometimes have to take it out of just a couple dynamic. This could be you and your boss, you and your, your coworker, you, whomever. You're partnered with someone who has your best interest at heart. And submission is not about uh, blind following. I don't blindly follow my husband. I am his equal. And so we collaborate and we dialogue. But there are certain areas where we discern that based on the experience that we have had, based on uh, who's it, who it's more important to, you got that one. It's more important to you. Sometimes I realize y'all, sometimes we be talking about something and I realize like, you're just talking because you like to talk. Like, you don't even care that much. Like, girl, let it go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I be thinking about like, this ain't even that serious. So you're like, he mad for real. Like, he's just like, really? And I'm like, when we finish with this, I'm gonna go on and watch, you know, Real Housewives and I'm even, not even gonna think about it anymore. So sometimes we just have to to be able to realize that that there is something that we need to give in terms of submitting. And I think for us, we don't really use that word because it's so touchy, you know, for people. So there are some alternatives and I want, I want people to consider this in their own relationship. Um, there are folks who want to use that word and it's not a, it's not a bad word. Like I say, submission is sexy. Like, you know, when, when I submit to my husband, I feel sexy. I'm like, you're like, yeah, I'm like, uh-huh, you know. I like it, baby. Yeah, yeah, I like it too, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so so it's good when 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 I am sharing with him, like, hey, like, this is the way that we need to go, and this is what we need to do, right? And I'm kind of like, really, he said, man, that's sexy. All right, babe, you got that's it. Right. He tells me that, so we don't have to put it in a in a funky bag. It may not be sexy for you, but it doesn't have to be toxic. It's when people are not um, in a respectful relationship where both. Um, uh, thoughts and and both people's um ideas and um their own right to their own perspective is not honored that we get into trouble so the issue is not submission the issue is do we collaborate or are we competing with one another you know what i mean that that's the issue oftentimes and so i think this submission is an all right thing yeah if, if i can just add to that i think that what what i've seen to be problematic about the word submission is that people think that submission in and of itself is synonymous with um, being voiceless, being visionless yeah. and being directionless. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, it's almost as if like when you submit that, that you're giving up your voice, mm -hmm. you're giving up your vision, right. um, you're giving up your direction. And the reality is that that's not the case. Um, what we encourage is that submission should be present in your relationship and you can still speak up. And you can still have vision, place it on the table, and you can still have direction. There's collaboration that needs to be present. Um, but again, you shouldn't make the two things um, synonymous because they're not. Um, submission is about submitting to um, you know, the process, submitting to the marriage, submitting to God.
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you should maintain your voice, your vision, and your direction. Oh, are y'all loving this? Drop a yes in the chat. Is it, Was this a good idea? Was this a good idea? <laughs> I got my married folk in here like, oh, where's my... <laughs> With my husband, with my wife. Okay, I see y'all. I see y'all. Don't forget to drop a chat. Like, we're not going to be here all night. So, get your question in. Okay, here we go. So, I have the next question How can you have open communication when your partner is easily offended? Right? Like, I feel like everybody gets offended nowadays. Like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Right? Like, what do you mean? I just picked up the cup, right? So how can you have open <laughs> communication when your partner is easily offended? Ooh, you know, good question. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate the question. One of the things that we um, lift up is that you want to make sure that that um, you're paying attention to one thing specifically. A lot of times people focus on um, the intention of their communication and they disregard, they neglect the impact. And so what we say is that instead of just focusing on intention, make sure you're elevating and paying attention to the impact. So just from a practical standpoint, again, you prioritize what the other person's experience is and you want to aim to make it one in which they're more receptive to what it is that you're sharing. Um, The other piece is that, you know, outside of the intention and the impact, again, make sure that you are positioning yourself in the conversation where you're starting from a position of softness. Um, you want to start with a soft startup. You want to start with, um, you know, making sure that um, there's a certain level of receptivity that's available based off of the timing of the conversation. I've seen over and over again that sometimes we're attempting to have conversations at the wrong time. And not only at the wrong time, but we're coming with the wrong energy. And so when you enter into a conversation, again, that softness, sit down next to your partner. Make sure that they're not necessarily preoccupied with something else. Another piece too is that distractions often get in the way. So simply putting your phone down, being available, being open, these are important pieces um, in order for you to be able to engage in a conversation. And it doesn't mean that they won't necessarily still resist or buck whatever it is that you're bringing to their attention. But again, I do think that you ease the way when number one, you're not just solely focused on your impact. You're thinking, I'm sorry, your intention, but you're thinking about the impact and then you're easing into it with a soft startup. My wife specifically, if there's something that she wants to bring to me that's challenging, um, she'll lean up on me. She'll rub my leg. Um, <laughs> we'll make eye contact. And I know that she's trying to butter me up for something, but you know, I'm receptive to it. And I appreciate the fact that she's actually approaching it in a way in which it's not hard. It's not just stank. It's, it's you know, again, mm-hmm. it's encouraging me. It's inviting me to be a participant in the conversation just simply because I know that it may be something that's delicate for her. And if it's something that's more benign, something that's simple, again, making sure that she's intentional in the conversation by putting her phone down, asking me to put mine down, making sure that we have undivided attention, not making it a barrage of words or anything like that when I'm in the middle of doing something, but being sensitive to where I am mentally and emotionally prior to her approaching me. This right here paves the way as a man for me to be more open to having a conversation. And I get that some dudes are just like, I don't ever want to talk at all. Mm. I don't want to talk to you at all. And so for the brothers that be in that space, and even for the sisters that are in that space, what I've seen is that it makes it easier when when you're actually able to schedule conversations that may be a little bit more difficult. So what we say is that pick one day, pick one topic, and pick one hour. So this right here, it benefits each person. Number one, the person that is more verbose, 
the person that is an amplifier, they know that they have at least one hour during the course of that week in which they I'll can be get looking all forward of the stuff. I'll be like Thursday <laughs> at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the person that is like running away or the withdrawer when it comes to the conversation. They know that I got 23, I mean, I'm sorry, they six know, days and 23 know. hours. You six know. days and 23 hours to avoid, to sidestep this conversation before we got to have it. So it's a win-win situation for both people. Again, you can schedule the more difficult, more complicated conversations. But again, one day, one hour, one topic, and then you move on to the next one at a different point in time. That's real discipline. One day, one hour, one topic. What if I got my 15 things? What if I got my list? So... <laughs> That's a therapy session, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> get it out somewhere else. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, in the men's lounge, in the sister circle. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. Y'all got a whole community to get yeah. that fuck out. Everything ain't gotta be talked through. That's All right. Weird. So that was that was good. What y'all get from that? Can you drop in the chat? You know, I want to make sure uh note takers or money makers that work somewhere. So <laughs> <laughs> no takers have amazing relationships there we go I, I got i got nothing i got nothing for you so i want to see y'all drop your notes in the chat so because we're gonna end this this right here if y'all don't know how to take notes and drop what are the the bombs that y'all getting i put the bomb on y'all or they put the bomb. i'm just here to facilitate the goodness so y'all loving this drop a yes drop a yes in the yeah. chat for those who just joined in we had a few just join us in i'm coach cats america's go-to love doctor i specifically work with successful single women ah, who desire real love and maybe have had a little bit of a struggle and want some help with that, right? I believe that love is a journey and not a destination and you shouldn't do it by yourself. And I've aligned with these two mainly because they believe the same thing, but they work with married couples. So together by our forces combined, yes, yes, we're Captain Planet or... <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gotta help me with some better uh, things. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. This is Yana and Ayuzi Mayat Maat. And they have started an amazing organization. And I'm gonna go ahead and um drop the link down below so y'all have it, right? So for those of you who are married and you're like, listen, where has these two been all my life? Listen, I'm going to send y'all my specific link, right? Y'all get extra special treatment when they know you you came from me. So you want to go ahead and click that link down below to find out more and to join their community that specifically supports married folks. Do y'all want to share a little bit of what um, your organization is about and kind of how it's structured? Just a little bit of that. And we'll get back into the questions. I, I see y'all Ooh. questions. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. So um, so we do things a little bit differently um, and we find that it's really helpful. So basically we started out doing one-on-one counseling and coaching and learned um, after a while when we bought some of our individual clients together in a group, like, hey, you want to get in a group? You want to come? Come on Tuesday night. Let's do this. That when that happened, that some of the things that we were working on with people, they were able to get aha moments like significantly um, much more quickly. They were able to like really connect dots. There was like an amazing transformation. And so we kept up with that. Um, and we started the Blam Core Individual and Relationship Transformation Program. It is a group. It's a community of folks located all over the country every single month. Um, we have opportunities for connection, for training, for support uh, and inside of that community. So it looks like uh, monthly trainings and classes on everything from what I mentioned earlier, 
um, intimacy and connection, um, conflict management, communication, infidelity, and so forth. There is a uh, men's lounge twice a month. There's a sister circle twice a month because we really do allow for there to be separate pathways. That's one of the great things about our community is that oftentimes when folks are in a, in a place, in a funky place, or maybe they're not even in a funky place, but they just like, this is a boring place. Like we've just been staying in the same old stuck place. People don't want to come in like this, like let's go down the lane and go to the class together. Like everybody's an individual. So some of the things that uh, one person needs exposure to or needs to hear from somebody else um, is not the same thing that your partner needs. So we really allow for people to have their own separate paths and then come together through virtual date nights. We have expert office hours. Um, we match people up in the group. There's local meetups in different states. Um, and it's a real community of folks being able to share what they are going through, what they've been through, and to be able to be paired with somebody who's maybe a little further down the road than you. And then you look up and say, oh, and I'm a little further down the road, so I can tell you something too. And it's a great dynamic of learning um, and getting the tools, but understanding that the relationship building and the connections you make um, are just as much a part of the strength that you have for your relationship, um, not just getting the tips. Because I say this all the time, and I have to say this, if, it, if all it took was some tips, or some tools or some steps, we could all go Google that. You could go Google right now how to have a conversation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we would see some steps come come right up on Google. That's that's not what it's about. It's really about having a multi-pronged wraparound approach where you have the training, where you have the teaching, you have access yeah. to a portal that has a hundred plus trainings, you know, you have the ability to connect with other men, uh, men to man, man to man, women to women, and then come together in retreats and conferences and stuff and and, and and we're real people, so we keep it 100% real and safe. It is a safe, safe space. Yeah, and if I could just add to that, you know, one of the things that I really value about the community, um, my wife, she's spoken to it, but um, the the connections that are made, and, and I can't emphasize this enough that, that, you know, when you're in a room with people that have similar issues as you, like there's a certain level of familiarity that's present that, that enable that it empowers you. It really does empower you. Like we made connections with um, sisters who um, may be dealing with, uh, you know, breast cancer and, and um, you know, people struggling with issues around identity and making sure we're linking them up because they're further along in the process. And how so they have somebody to, yeah, just how it impacts the, the relationship. We um, had, you know, people come inside of our community to address issues around impotency and, and um, just struggles around sexual dysfunction, which has been extremely helpful. I've had conversations with men in the men's lounge, one specifically where uh, one of the fellas was having a hard time getting his VA benefits. And, and uh, one of the men inside of the men's lounge was like, yo, I know such and such who was the head of such and such. Um, give me a call right after this. I'm gonna make sure that I connect you so that you can actually, um, you know, get what it is that you deserve, and what you've earned. And, and so when I hear stories like that, and then seeing people all across the country do these local meetups that are inside of the community, just simply from coming into the space and being able to identify with other folks that are in a similar space in their relationship. Like that's heartwarming because we're impacting relationships, marriages, one at a time. And, um, and then it's amplified because you got folks in the community dealing with all different types of stuff, all different ages that are, um, you know, pouring into each other. So it's really powerful. It really is. Yeah. Come on, click the link.
that's it right so for those of you that are married this is the open altar call for y'all to go ahead and click the link and join blam um i I put my stamp of approval on it y'all come tell me how good it is right that's what i want to know i want y'all to tell me you know what i signed up coach cast and understand that i don't put my stamp of approval on nothing so uh this is a big deal um to have this conversation because i really do love these two and their heart is just absolutely amazing okay all right so let's get back into it i have a question here we're not gonna be here all night we're gonna be here a couple more minutes so if you have questions <laughs> get them in okay so amplification lady over there we're gonna keep these short so, you know short the people don't say that we had them here till midnight because you know we could go till midnight but then people are gonna be like coach Gaz, you kept us here till midnight all right so um here we go how important are date nights in a relationship what happens if you're not having them Look, let me just say this. Quality time is the vehicle that you and your spouse ride in to increase your connection and your knowledge of one another. So you stay up to to speed with one another as you all grow and evolve in your relationship. If there's a vehicle to get you there, it's quality time. It's the spending time. Date nights allow for that. It's not just about having a good time. It's literally like, where is the space that we that we utilize to actually facilitate this whole getting to know each other over and over and over again in our relationship and so day nights allow for for that to happen and so uh when people talk about not having that that automatically lets me know um that and and particularly if they don't have that and there's really no ritual of coming together and hanging out and being together and spending time that already lets me know that there's a certain level of disconnect in the relationship so we got to take away the lightness of date nights. Uh, when I say lightness, like thinking like, oh, it's we can do it or we don't have to. Yeah. And really recognize that like, the more you don't do that, you're just practicing disconnect. Mm. You're practicing disconnect and we gotta really take it seriously so that we can continue to, to really build ourselves up and stay connected to one another. Yeah, too many people are married to their work and not really married to their spouse. Mm. So, Ooh, you know, drop dates- that in the chat. Yeah, you know, dates, um, it, it, it indicates that you're placing your spouse um, in your life as a priority. So it doesn't have to be a date night, it could be a day date, you know, and it doesn't have to be a single night, it could be a weekend. But again, you want to make it could be a week, you know, whatever it may be, but but and it doesn't have to be out the house, it could be inside the house. I'm not exiting out the house off the table, but I'm just saying that you want to make sure that you're showing your partner that they're a priority. So schedule some dates, whether it be in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, or at night, or overnight. Schedule a date. So now here's a real question, right? From me in my marriage. Mm-hmm. So now when it comes to the person who schedules the scheduling of the date night, have y'all seen in your experience that is usually just one person that usually just does all the things, right? Like, is it ever a place where it's like, oh, both are so good at planning the date night and making sure that it happened? Or does it really end up relying on the woman and the man comes through every now and again? Like, what, what has that yeah. been? Your experience- I take option two. Couples? I take option two. Option two, the, the woman and then the, the man every now and then. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 there, and there may be, you know, there are sure for sure exceptions to that. And I get this question and this complaint a lot from folks, uh, from women specifically, who are like, man, like, I don't want to plan everything. I, I'm planning the, all the doctor's appointments, the, the vacations, <laughs> the, the getaways, you know, like all right. the stuff. And that's real. That's real. 
Um, and so one thing that I say oftentimes is you like, don't conflate stuff, ladies, right? Like there are places where we can partner better, where our husbands can partner better, but we need to be better partners because some of us, and this is not all of us, but some of us really need it to be done like this. And we're directing all the time and we won't release some things or just stop doing it so that it ain't going to get done unless he pick it up and do it. You know, everything is not going to be like he's going to come and say, okay, yeah, let me partner with you on that. And exactly how do you want that to be done? It ain't going to always work like that. Sometimes you just got to stop doing it. Okay, somebody type stop doing it <laughs> in the chat, <laughs> right? And 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 we we struggle with that and we don't recognize that we're not partnering well when and we're wanting them to come and like fill in the gap, but we won't step out of the space. Sometimes mm. you got to step back so they can step in. I think that part is important. Um, but I say this as well. You know, at the end of the day, that depends on who you are. I know I am. I, I might like for him to, you know, plan some stuff here. He does. He does a good job of every now and then. But I'm generally the one who's doing that. And, and I'm saying I might like, but let me just tell the truth. I really don't want him to. And the reason I don't, let me just talk my truth. Can I speak my truth tonight? Go ahead, go Somebody ahead. Somebody just <laughs> encourage me right now to speak my truth. Because I know that I'm kind of, you know, I'm particular. And I'm going to want it to be a certain kind of way. And he's going to be looking at like, oh, we didn't have to get that and that. And then we're going to have a basic package of whatever. <laughs> and I'm all about saving some dollars. So I'm like, but you can't, like, I would have rather just not gone. Like, we was going to do it like this, you know? And, I, and then that sets up criticism and all that. So sometimes we have to recognize too, that we are better suited for certain things and we need to accept that. Um, and then there may be other ways where we can ask for help um, in the day to day in terms of what partnership looks like, but you got to ask. And that's the other thing too, is stop wanting your partner to read your mind, ask for what you need. Oh, that's good. Are y'all getting something good from this? Are y'all getting something good? I want to say we're going to do it. We got 12 minutes left. Okay. That's what we're going to do. We, we got 12 minutes. Okay. So hey, coach Cass, uh, coach Cass, can I, can I just, I just want to tack on something really quick to that because you spoke for the women um, and I just <laughs> oh. want to say this for the men. men. That we we have to do better. Mm. We we as well have to do okay. better. And and I'm lifting that piece up because I think that like we've gotten lazy in this space. Mm. So while my wife may desire to have it be done a particular way, I respect that and I appreciate that. But it doesn't absolve us of our responsibility of trying, of attempting to plan, of leaning in, of initiating in some other way to try to bring date night to the forefront. Even if you don't pick the place, are you even placing it on the table? Right. That even that. That's right. You know, and, and saying that I want to go out with you. I want to spend time with you. Where can, I mean, just lift it up. Tell but we got to, yeah, we, <laughs> we have to do better at that. And so we got to stop being lazy. That's it. Okay. See, you know, you see what's beautiful about this? It's like the man is calling out the men. Do y'all feel that? Now, <laughs> fellas, I feel like you you kind of felt that a little bit different. It'll be different from Iyana saying that. You see, you see how that works? You see how that dynamic works? Being able to hear from a man's perspective that's also not that great with planning the dates. <laughs> I just planned a really good date. <laughs> yeah, I was so, you I was get so a you get a gold star. You get a gold star. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. I'm I'm running through questions. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, okay. All right. Will you ask about how to rekindle the spice after having children? Also, how not to get lost in being a parent and forgetting to be a partner? I think that goes good with that last question. See how that all comes together? Mm -hmm. Y'all lines yeah. of questions. 
Yeah. I think I'll just answer it by saying this. Um, it's not our partner's responsibility to do that for us. I think naturally, based on how our brains are wired as human beings, a lot of time we are looking in our couple relationships for our partner to rescue us, to get us, to relieve us. And I'm not saying that that's not a normal, natural desire. But what I'm saying is that when you feel that feeling come up, recognize that if they don't come rescue you or tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, do you need some help? Like, are you getting lost over there in motherhood? Do you, do you, if they don't do that, then you have to, as I just said a second ago, ask for what you need. And so the first person that has to make sure that you set healthy boundaries for yourself and your marriage, all healthy relationships, sidebar here, all healthy marriages have good, strong boundaries. Oh no, sweetheart, I can't do that. That's not gonna work for me. That's not gonna work for me. And sometimes I think we get confused about that because we're like, well, are we, are we supposed to be one? And I don't wanna say I'm not gonna be supportive. You can, you can think about how you take care of yourself. So getting lost a lot of times um, is not just a function of your overwhelm or kind of being kind of in the, the realms of motherhood and that kind of thing and what your partner is or isn't doing. It's also a function of your ability to take care of yourself, to mm -hmm. prioritize your self-care um to spend time by yourself uh to not rely on your partner for things that they should not be giving you anyway i think we got to start with self that's what i'm really trying to get at and then from there when you're kind of filled up you know and you're doing that on your own then the connection the quality of the connection and the time that you have with your partner is going to be that much better uh, because you know you already have been doing that on your own so you got to be intentional you got to get it on a schedule you know, so here's a, here's a question to put in there, right? So some folks, you know, many times it's a single mom. So a single mom getting married, right? So she has her kids who it's been her and them yeah. this whole time, right? So then now here's my partner, my husband that I love so much. How do I, who it's been me and them for so long, how do I make sure to include my husband in this conversation, in this world when we've been rocking? And how do I now put them second? to put my husband first like how do you even get that dynamic together in your head and help your husband to feel like he belongs yeah yeah that was a lot yeah i i, I want to say though i do think it is a it's a normal some a lot of people don't even articulate it that like this is a thing like this is mm -hmm. This is hard for me and I might even know where I want to be, but I'm, let me tell you, I'm not there, <laughs> you know, like people don't even articulate that. And one of the things that I think would be helpful, um, especially when we know we have enough awareness to know, like I'm kind of having a hard time in this place is to talk about what talking about it might be like. Don't even talk about it yet with your partner. Talk to your partner about how, how, how might it be to talk about how we would do this thing, meaning like this is going to be difficult for me this feels really uncomfortable for me i'm i'm unsure about this i know where i want to be but i have a hard time and and then lift up your feelings like because mm -hmm. it feels like i'm leaving my boo you know my baby on the on the side of the road even though they're right there in the bed and they, they're being taken care of you know what i'm saying it feels like um you know i'm i'm losing a part of my identity that um you know is a big part of how to define myself like talk about your feelings so we always say and you can you can google this or you can come on into our community and you can get a copy of it but you can also google online um the emotions will if you just search for the emotions will right like just lift up like because a lot of times we don't know what our feelings are mm -hmm. how are you feeling and just share your feelings about it without having to get into how we're going to solve it because i think the more that our partner knows 
how we're feeling. And the more that we know how we're feeling and we, we call out the feelings, then you all can kind of tarry down that road together and work through the awkwardness of that transition. But it's just a transition and you'll get to the other side. The, the way that I visualize that is, you know, if you can just imagine everybody having a clenched fist, um, to go from having a clenched fist um, to having an open hand, you have to release. And so there's a process and there's a phase, there's phases that are going, that you're going through when you actually release. And so again, to, to be collaborative in your experience with your partner and share what that feels like to go from clenched fist to release, but then also too, to know that you got somebody that's there that's willing to hold your hand in that process. Like that's liberating in and of itself. And so it's a graduated process that you go through, a gradual process that you go through um, when you're going from holding so tightly to your babies to, to, to releasing and then making room for your man to grab your hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 you know I'm Jamaican, right? That gets me so excited. <laughs> All right, so I have a, I have one more question. I'm gonna read, and then I'd love for somebody like raise their hand, right? Like raise your hand, ladies. I, I, or it's gentlemen. I'd love to hear other voices than ours, right? So, um, <clears throat> I see a question here about holding back. Let me just say the question. Okay, how can I manage the guilt of withholding? to protect the relationship, knowing my partner doesn't like certain things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm following the question. Read it again for me, Cass, or maybe interpret it for me, One, either one. <laughs> yeah. How can I manage the guilt of withholding information mm -hmm. to protect the relationship, knowing my partner doesn't like certain things? Okay. So I'm going to take it to mean, correct me if you think I'm not taking it the right way. I'm hold, I'm withholding certain things um, or certain, you know, information or what have you, because I think it's going to bother my partner and I feel guilty about it. Now, this could be um, anything. You could be like talking to somebody you shouldn't be talking to or had a, doing something. Not, I'm not even saying like shady, but just like you know, in some kind of a situation that, you know, your partner would have a problem with and you're not sharing. Um, and I'll just say this, you want to always have everything on the table. You just want to be, you want to be transparent. The goal is always transparency. So your, your question is around managing the guilt, mm -hmm. but, but what I would ask you to, to manage is, um, I don't know if you're being codependent, like I don't want to share because I think it might be too much for them and I'm, you're trying to protect them. You know, let your partner be a grown man, woman. I don't know who asked, asked that question, right? They can handle it and we don't have to protect them. Also ground yourself, like learn how to ground yourself. Sometimes I have to take off my shoes and put my feet on the ground or just sit, do some deep breathing or put on some gospel music, whatever I got to do to just ground myself to know like you're built for this you can do this you can get through this because sometimes we say we're protecting somebody else but really we don't want to deal with whatever we think the yeah. outcome will be so so don't manage the guilt guilt is a useless feeling by the way it does not serve anyone it does not help anybody remorse is one thing but guilt does not do anything for anybody on any day at any time so you want to release that and replace it um, with um, really managing maybe the anxiety that might come up when you think about sharing. And, and I always say to people, when you gotta bring up something or share with your partner, something that's like funky, talk about the feeling first. 
I need to talk to you about something, but I feel really anxious, right? Talk about the feel, talk about talking about it because that encourages vulnerability and then they can kind of lean into you differently uh, and it helps you to be able to just be more open. So mm -hmm. those are some of my thoughts. Oh, this is good. All right. So we have our last question. People over here trying to send me all the 97 anonymous questions. <laughs> um, so suggestions for a man. So this is from a man. Okay. Suggestions uh -huh. for a man who wants to lead, but deals with self-doubt, right? Like it's a lot. It's a whole lot. So yeah. take it away. Yeah. I, I think that it's important um, to, if you're dealing with self-doubt, to surround yourself with other men. Um, that are further along on the journey that can encourage you, that can inspire you, um, that can empower you to to I mean, and to also take a different look at yourself so that you can see your strengths. And so it's one thing um, when you're struggling with self-doubt to um, deal with that in isolation, but it's something completely different when you're in a supportive community, when you're in a safe space um, with other men who have may struggle with that but they've managed to um, pour into themselves, but also found ways to pour into each other. So, you know, iron sharpens iron. That's one thing that I see in our group all the time, like that statement, iron sharpens iron. And so, again, if you're dealing with whatever it is that you're dealing with in isolation, I think that first and foremost, you gotta um, get in community. The second thing um, that I would say is that, again, you gotta prioritize taking care of self and doing your individual work. And so unpacking those bags, we talk about Erica Badu and the bag lady, but we got bag men as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that you do your personal work to see where some of that self-doubt, um, that self-deprecating behavior, um, those you know idiosyncrasies that lead you to a place where you just like feel like you're less than or worthless, where does that stuff come from? And so you know when you look at all of that and when you examine all of that, then um, you should have a blueprint um, for you to be able to do your own personal work so that you can actually experience the connection, the relationship that you want and lead in the way that you want to lead. Like, what does leadership mean to you? It may be different in my host household than what it does or what it looks like in your household. Again, arrive at a definition for you, what works for you, what works for your family. And, um, you know, make sure you're in community so that you can have that reinforced, um, sharpened and strengthened. Um, and if it looks ugly, if it's messed up, if it's jacked up, again, that accountability being in place um, is important as well too. So you gotta get in a safe space to be able to explore you and to grow you. That was good. Can y'all give it up for this amazing couple, the Ma'ats, the founders of Blam, Black Love and Marriage. Can y'all go ahead and I'm going to drop the link one more time so y'all could open it up in another browser so it doesn't go missing, right? So you could look at it and decide, like make the decision to join community. One thing I tell you, I did a whole TED talk on building a community of love. There's something important about getting in the right community to uplift your marriage. Why? Because the enemy is busy, just period, right? Like, and there's so much goodness that comes from marriage that somebody is always trying to tear apart for either somebody in here or somebody outside. So when you get in a group like this one that they have started 13 years in the making to be able to pour into you on a daily, on a weekly, on a monthly, on an annual basis from trips to, you know, some of y'all have some raggedy married friends. Maybe you don't have any married <laughs> friends, right? So just imagine being able to take trips with amazing couples around the world, having a great Great time. We talk about those vacations, right? Being able to learn side by side. There's something beautiful 
full. So many of you want this power couple. Listen, how do you really get your relationship there? Don't continue to do this by yourself. When you do it alone, you're going to be frustrated and you might be, you know, I don't want to speak bad things into your life, but it may not go well, right? So if you want a thriving marriage, if you want a thriving relationship, yes, it's for couples, but you as a married woman can join or you as a married man can join. Singles, you might feel a little like, I don't Mm -hmm. know right? So this is why I exist. (laughs) I specifically have the Real Love Network where I support successful single women in their love journey. And we have a live event coming up October 6th through the 8th, right? Wanted Woman Live. So I I just want to be very clear that as a married woman, you can join, as a married man, you can join, and you can join as a couple, right? So if your spouse is like, oh, I don't know if I really want to attend a workshop, it's okay. You can decide for you. Right. And say, okay, well, this is something I'm going to do to make sure that I'm right for us, because that also changes the dynamic for your relationship as well. Did I say that right, y'all? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, family. Thank you so much for listening in. I know that was really different, but did you enjoy it? Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to share with your friends. Iyana Ayize, how can folks find you on social media? Look, you guys can find us by following all things at Black Love and Marriage. This was just a treat being on with you, Coach Cass. I am so a fan of you and everything that you're doing. So yeah, Black Love and Marriage is where you can find us. But let me tell you something, in order to be in a place where you are in a good, healthy, loving, sexy, beautiful relationship, you got to first be a wanted woman. Yes. A wanted woman. So thank you, Cass, for everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you both. Until next time, keep loving, keep laughing, keep living.